Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Draft Site's Podcast. This is the second WNBA edition. We are going to talk about the 2015 WNBA draft and our thoughts on the picks and overall. And then we're going to give you a preview of the 2016 WNBA mock draft, which we now have on draftsite.com. So check it out. Listen to this podcast. You'll get an early taste, and you'll be way ahead of the game throughout the summer and going into next year. So Gentry, want to say hello to everybody? Hey, what's up? Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. You did an awesome job on the, on the 2015 mock draft for the WNBA. I think, we, I think out of the 12 picks in the mock draft, 10 of them actually got drafted in the first round. Top five we were spot on for. Uh, actually, sorry, top four. And then there was a surprise pick at number five for Chicago. That's Cheyenne Parker. But then after that, we had... Derek Hamby, Crystal Bradford, Holly Malott, who were the next three that we had on the mock draft. So let's go back for a second. Uh, Gentry, were you surprised by Chicago's pick there? Yeah, the Cheyenne Parker, uh, she did surprise me a lot pick for Chicago. But if you go back and listen to the last podcast, um, when I talk about Cheyenne Parker, I mentioned that I thought she – could and should have got gone um, a lot higher than I originally projected her to go. I think I had her early second round, um, but she had some trouble, some drug troubles in college and got kicked off her college team. So I, I moved her down, but she has the potential to be a good player in the post for Chicago. I actually, early in the season, I considered putting her as a lottery pick one or two back before Jewel Lloyd and Amanda Zowie B declared just because I was looking for an impact player. Um, I was looking outside of the box of Kalena Mosqueda Lewis and Elizabeth Williams. So I definitely saw that she, she's a player who could go that high. So it wasn't super surprising. I think uh, Chicago will get a good player with her. Um, there's some reports that Sylvia Fowles, their all-world center, is uh, is uh, looking to be traded. So, oh wow! They, if that ends up going down, then they will definitely be needing help in the post. So Cheyenne Parker will be a good pick for them. Uh, she's one of the players in this draft who has some size, but also can shoot from outside. She's a strong rebounder. She she can pretty much do it all, and uh, yeah, they got a good player. Okay, were there any other surprises that you felt happened throughout this draft? Um, this draft, there weren't really too many surprises, just because it was kind of weak. Um, the further you go down, one of the biggest surprises maybe was Isabel Harrison falling down to the last pick in the first round. That wasn't too surprising just because she will be coming off of ACL surgery. She'll miss this season and uh, be back next season. 
but uh, that's a that's a good pick for Phoenix, just because uh, they when Diana Diana Taurasi is sitting out this season, they won't be as strong as they will be probably going into next season. They they get Diana Taurasi back, then they get Isabel Harrison, who will get a year with the team to develop some chemistry and just kind of learn on the bench. The first round, Kia Stokes going uh, number 11 to New York, who they, they traded with Minnesota to get. That was actually, I thought, a really good pick for them. I, I saw Kia Stokes as a Bill Lambeer type of player. I thought she would really mesh with him. Um, but unfortunately, they didn't have a number one in the first round pick. So I, apparently he was, was in the same frame of mind as me because uh, – he he traded up to go get her. Uh, I think that's a good pick for them. Uh, she's a defensive post. She averaged like three points a game her whole career, so she's not going to score a lot. But she can defend. She can rebound. She's the all-time block record holder for UConn in a season. There weren't too many surprises. I, I was actually a little bit surprised about Crystal Bradford going to the Sparks. I liked her a lot, like I mentioned before in the first podcast, but uh, I wasn't sure what her range would actually be uh, for second round. But she's a good player, and uh, the Sparks get a good one with her. Well, you were in the Seattle Storm's draft party, actually. So what was it like when Jewel Lloyd and Kalina Mosqueda lewis got drafted? I mean, what was what was the, the feel around the team and, and from the fans on that night? It was pure joy overall. Um, everybody is super excited to get the season started. Jewel Lloyd it will be a great player, and they actually had a Skype call with her. And uh, KML, they're excited to get out here. Jewel Lloyd was actually probably still in Seattle. She flew out the next day and throughout the first pitch of the Mariners game, and she's getting a tour of the city and kind of just getting used to it out in Seattle. And KML, everybody's excited for her because they thought she was going to be the number one pick before the last week or so. And uh, they also got some good picks lower down in the second round. Vicki McIntyre from Oral Roberts, who had a very good senior season. Uh, she's a bigger post, 6'7", I think. She's a big, strong, physical post, good hook shot. And then Neka and Polly from Texas, who a lot of people projected as a first-round pick mm-hmm. uh, going into the year, but then she tore her ACL. So they get a project with her. And overall, I think uh, between Seattle and Tulsa, I think those are the two teams that had the the best drafts. I get give them A's overall just because Jewel Lloyd, Amanda Zowie B entering the draft just gave them, they bailed them out really <laughs> just going in because they were going to get players who were going to be projects and maybe not impact players. And they get Jewel Lloyd and Amanda Zowie B. It just impact, made a big, huge impact. Yeah. It seems like they struck gold. So what other teams might've really helped themselves uh, on this night? I think uh, San Antonio, I think their first pick with De'Ara Cahambi, I think she's a good pick for them. They didn't have a second-round pick. Um, they got Nikki Moody in, from Iowa State. Who's a, she, she 
I don't see her making the team. Just they have a lot of guard, um, point guard. But I think De'Erica Hamby, Dan, like I mentioned in the first podcast, Dan Hughes, I think, is looking for a versatile forward and offense, and that's what exactly what De'Erica Hamby brings. She's a very good fit for them. She can run the Danielle Robinson, probably the fastest guard in the WNBA. She'll fit right in right there. Another team I really liked was New York. Um, even going into the draft without a first-round pick, they they actually traded up and into the first round twice, and they got yeah they got Brittany Boyd and Kia Stokes. So I think they made out pretty well, and they didn't have to give up a whole lot to get either of the players. Now, which teams do you think did poorly on draft night? Again, mentioning that this draft wasn't very deep. Um, no team, I, I would say, really did too poorly. Uh, Minnesota trading away their, their first-round pick to New York. I don't know if that was a good idea, but they didn't need a whole lot anyway. Um, they get some good value in Rashonda Gray falling to their 16th pick in the second round, so that might work out well for them. Shea Kelly they picked up in the third round a local kid. She might end up getting some wear and tear with the team and making making an impact off the bench if she makes the team. Uh, Washington, the Mystics, I, I was really down on them just going into the draft. But uh, they, they made a good pick, I think, with Ali Malad, the best they could potentially do from Dayton. She's, she can shoot, and that's exactly what they they want. I think she could end up being a good fit. She's probably not a very big impact player, though, and I, I don't know how uh, how they're going to avoid missing the playoffs next year. So looking at the how the teams finish this year, when it comes to 2016 WNBA draft, how do you think the order of the teams is going to change? So which teams that were drafting early on might be drafting late, and which might be the case the opposite way as well. How do you see next year's draft potentially lining up in terms of teams first? Uh, well, I think Tulsa, just getting Amanda Zowie B and last year giving their guards some some minutes and allowing them to develop with Skylar Diggins and Odyssey Sims and then just developing a bench. They finally have some depth and they have the talent to go with it. I think they could really surprise some people next season, especially uh, with Phoenix down without Diana Trossi. They could potentially move up into a, maybe a number three seed in the West. They, I think they'll probably make their first playoff as a franchise. Seattle, they, they could probably move up a little bit. I don't know if they'll be, if Jewel Lloyd will be enough to make the playoffs, but as far as the West goes, I think those are they just got some very good players that will make a huge impact on the in the West. Moving down, um, I think the Sparks overall as a team, they it's it's going to be hit or miss with them. I think they they could either be top two seed or struggle a little bit just chemistry wise, and they'll probably still make the playoffs. But um, it's, it, they have a lot of new pieces and just t- trying to see how that all fits in. And then Phoenix, just without all their, their pieces with Diana Taurasi, 
they still have probably the best front court in the WNBA, Brittany Griner, Candice Dupree, and Dewana Bonner. We'll just have to see how missing Diana Taurasi, how much of an impact that is for them. In the East, like I said, the Mystics, I'm, I'm down on them. I think they're going to miss the playoffs, potentially make, getting the number one pick. Connecticut, they're still building, so uh, they they probably won't make the playoffs. New York, I think they have a chance to. They have Bill Ambeer is building that that tough physical team that he likes, and I think they could probably surprise some people in the East, maybe going up, getting a top two or three seed, and uh, see how that works out. Okay. Well, looking at the mock draft that we posted so far, and granted. Disclaimer, everybody, we know it's very early, but we need to put the team somewhere. San Antonio is projected at the number one pick. Are San Antonio fans going to go crazy, or are they nodding their heads saying, yeah, we need another year, and I don't mind because Brianna Stewart might be available, and that would take our team to a whole new level. What do you think? San Antonio fans, they've, they've had a, an older team for a long time, and they're finally – bringing in that young talent, kind of like the Spurs are doing in the NBA, um, with Becky Hammond retiring last year. Um, so I don't think any you would get too many Stars fans that would they would be too mad if they know for sure that they're getting Brianna Stewart. But uh, no, no, fan, no true fan really wants their team missing the playoffs. Yeah, also. Course. So uh, I don't think if they if – the, the thing about next year's draft is it's so deep that, and the talent from top to bottom is so good that I think most teams should be wanting to make the playoffs because you can still get players, good players, in the bottom half of the first round. Yeah, that, well, that makes sense. So let's, let's talk about some of these players. I mentioned one, Brianna Stewart. I mean, is she, is she the clear number one choice, or does Mariah Jefferson, um, her Connecticut teammate, have any chance whatsoever at surpassing her? Yep, no, it doesn't matter what team. You could pick any team in the WNBA. If they somehow end up with the number one pick, they're going Brianna Stewart. That's my guess one year out. Yeah, and I think that would have been a lot of people's guess the last uh, few years because she's been – Right. She probably would have been the number one pick the last two years. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a great player. And uh, Jewel Lloyd – Maybe could have given her a little bit of competition, but coming in, out this year, maybe that's one of the reasons why she wanted to come out, just knowing she had a better chance of being number one pick. She's, but uh, Brianna Stewart's no doubt the, the best player coming out of a very good class next year. So tell us some more about the other players that might line up behind her, because you did say it's, it's a very deep draft. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned Mariah Jefferson from UConn. Uh, she's their point guard there. She's a amazing, quick guard. She's smaller in stature and just overall, she's a skinny little thing. Um, but she's a she's a gnat defensively. She's very she's annoying. Uh, she'll pressure opposing point guards and rack up steals. I think her or Tiffany Mitchell are probably the next two players off the board. Tiffany Mitchell from South Carolina, SEC Player of the Year the last two years. I think those are the top two after Brianna Stewart 
it's uh, just depending on where those two go. Another player who uh, I, I see go, who I think could go pretty high, but uh, she has some eligibility left, so it depends if she wants to enter into the draft next year, is Morgan Tuck, also from UConn. She had a very good, uh, she had a good, very good tournament this year, and um, she so she has some upside. She's a, a small forward, power forward, who can shoot the three. She's a typical UConn player, smart, physical. Um, many teams would like to have her next year, and hopefully for the teams in the WNBA, she enters the duo from. Texas A&M, the Courtney sisters, Courtney Williams and Courtney Walker, they're, they're both quick guards who can play defense and have a very good mid-range game. They're both automatic from anywhere inside like 10 to 15 feet, and that's very important as um, just a, another dy- dynamic for professional teams. And then there's also Courtney Courtney Williams from South Florida, who's also very quick, fast, uh, getting out in transition, speedy guard uh, who can score. She she can do it all, score from all different aspects. Um, she might she could probably go first half of the first round, just depending on how things work out. She's probably a first rounder, um, and then. Uh, I have, I also think uh, Ruth Hamblin from Oregon State. She's a six five six six post, um, typical center. She stay, doesn't drift outside of the paint too much, but she'll grab rebounds. She'll block shots. She'll score around the basket. She'll do everything you want from a center. I like her as a first round pick next year. Oregon State. She's a she runner-up for uh, Pac-12 Player of the Year at Oregon State this year. Then Jillian Aileen across the state in, in at Oregon. She's a, led the country in rebounding most of the season. I think she finished second by the end, but she the double-double machine. She averages like 17 points, 15 rebounds throughout the season, and she had some crazy rebounding games of like 25. Close to 30 rebounds. She's a rebound gobbler. She's probably going to be a first-round pick. She has a lot of different things on her game that she needs to work on going into uh, the next level. But if the team wants just an all-out rebounder, then she's the type of player a team would like. Adult Bulgak from Florida State, a very good Florida State team with a lot of talent. Uh, she's probably the the best um, pro prospect on that Florida State team right now. She she's a center power forward type player who can shoot the three, block shots, get out in transition. She has the potential to be a first round pick. Nia Johnson from Baylor. She's a very good point guard, but she her her one thing that she needs to work on for her senior season is just being able to score and probably shoot from outside. But uh, she has that point guard mentality. She dishes out assists very easily. Uh, she sees the floor well. Uh, and Just top to bottom, this 
this class is very good. There's a lot of players who I have rated down lower, but going if they were in this draft, they would be first-round picks, like uh, Jamie Swan from Colorado, Danielle Ballard from LSU, possibly Bashara Graves from Tennessee, Leah Galdera from Washington State, Zelina McDaniel, who's the daughter of Xavier McDaniel, who played in the NBA for a lot of years. Okay. Naira Fields from UCLA. There's a lot of players. Lexi Eaton from BYU. Precious Hall from James Madison. A lot of players to keep your eye out for going into next season. Great. Well, uh, I certainly think that was a good intro to the 2016 WNBA draft. For those of you who haven't even looked yet, get on the site, draftsite.com slash WNBA. It will take you right to the mock draft for 2016. From there, you can explore the results from the 2015 WNBA draft. You can see our final mock draft, and you can see the best players that were undrafted from this year who might still be available as free agents or might make a roster at some point. So if you're a WNBA fan, Come on to the site, check it out. Anything you want to see throughout the off season or throughout the summer, let us know. We'll get that going. Gentry, thank you so much for all the work this year and for the work right before the draft and for the podcast and, and letting the fans know of all the upcoming prospects and as well as the mock drafts for, for this year. I think it helped a lot of people. Thank, thank you. you. Now, now I can go into hibernation and uh, I'll be back next year. <laughs> All right, good. And thanks thanks to all the fans who went on to the site and created your own mock draft. Uh, we're going to be expanding that even more. There's going to be some great new features there. You're going to be able to share it more easily, and you're going to be able to see it on more of our pages. So thanks again for that, and thanks for coming to the site. And for anyone who are big sports fans, well, the NHL lottery was last night. The NBA lottery is next week. And the NFL draft is in two weeks, so it's an exciting time of year for anyone who's a big sports fan, who's anyone, anyone who's a draft fan. So keep coming back to draft site, and uh, we'll we'll get you on the on the right foot every step of the way. Thanks again, everybody, and have a great week. to rest my head tonight so i won't promise that i'll speak to you today but if i